the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning in verse 2. Now when John in prison heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? And Jesus answered and said to him, or to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. In Matthew 11, John the Baptist is pictured as a caged lion. This first century prophet has roamed the hills and the plains of Judea, announcing the coming of Messiah. With unrelenting courage, he called for repentance among the Jews, and he charged the religious leaders with hypocrisy, and he challenged the people with their unfaithfulness. His was a voice that roared throughout the land. And now the lion is caged. For he had the nerve to charge Herod with an unlawful marriage. He got right up in his face and said, it's not lawful for you to have her as your wife. And for his trouble he got thrown in jail. And so this Rugged outdoorsman languishes away in prison. The roar has fallen to a whimper, and his vision of faith has faded to doubt. And he questioned himself and God. Did I really understand my calling? Was I really right about Jesus? I got to know about Him. For you see, according to John, Everything hinged on Jesus. He saw Him as the Messiah, and He spent most of His adult life proclaiming Him as Messiah. And if He's not, then He's wasted His life. And He, John, is tragically wrong. I can suffer imprisonment, he thought, if I just know the truth about Jesus. And so when he could stand it no longer, he sent an emissary to Jesus to ask, are you the one, or shall we look for someone else? He had every reason to ask those questions, or that question, because in announcing the Messiah, he emphasized judgment and power. He was saying, in essence, when Messiah comes, he'll do away with the Romans, and he emphasized strength and power, and Jesus was doing exactly the opposite. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers. And he said on another occasion, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, don't resist the evil one. If somebody, even a Roman soldier, asks for your coat, give him your cloak. If he smites you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
He was doing exactly the opposite. Is this the one or do we look for someone else? We've often asked that question, haven't we? I suppose more at Christmas time than at any other when this talk starts about Messiah and angels and glory to God and all of that. And the question just keeps popping up. Maybe we've not really been conscious of it, but it's at least there in the subconscious. Is this really true? Is He really the one? Or shall we look for someone else? In seeking an answer to that question, one thing we need to say right up front is this that Jesus will never conform to our expectations of Him. He will not do it our way. Have you ever noticed that most people want Jesus to be what they make Jesus what they want Him to be? Or they feel like they need Him to be? A Gallup poll asking Americans what they thought of Jesus yielded 20 different opinions concerning His personality. A 22-year-old mechanic said, Well, Jesus to me is kind of like an older, wise older brother who understands me and forgives me when I slip a little. And he always encourages me and helps me to do better. I've never had an older brother, but I've always wanted one. I've always wanted an older brother, so I'll conform Jesus. I'll squeeze him into that mold. It might be well as we get ready for Christmas to ask ourselves, what are we expecting of Jesus? And is this the real Jesus? Now Jesus didn't challenge John's question. He didn't chastise him. He just gave him a straightforward answer. And in answering him, he pointed to what he was doing. He pointed to his actions. But that was what was confusing him. He didn't act like John expected him to. He expected a divine equalizer. And Jesus went about spreading cheer and goodwill, peace among men. And he thought that Jesus would return to Jerusalem to live, the center of political and religious power. And Jesus hung out on Skid Row. Wasn't anything that he expected. For you see... Jesus seems to be saying to John, this is what I am. This is what I'm about. I've come to heal and make whole the sick. I've come to bring help to the hopeless. I've come to bind up the wounded. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. I need to say it again. Jesus will not conform to our expectations of Him. We have to bring our expectations in line with the truth. And if there is any conforming to be done, we'll have to be the ones who do the conforming. And so he finishes this little statement to John's disciples like this. And blessed is he who is not who does not stumble over me. Vance Havener calls it the new beatitude, and he translates it like this. Blessed is the man who doesn't complain about the way I run my business. Now there are a lot of misguided expectations that are being propagated about Jesus. For example, to some, he's the great God of wealth, and he wants every one of his followers to have everything they want 
So if you just ask Him and believe enough, whatever that is, and give enough seed money, you'll have everything you want. How does that line up with Jesus' answer to John? To the degree that you and I are willing to lay aside our expectations of Jesus and just let Jesus be Jesus, to that degree we'll find Him at Christmas. He does not conform to our way. He does confront us with His way. Now there is a way that Jesus has and every follower of Jesus is expected to go His way. He clearly defined His way when He said, The Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve. That's His way. The Son of Man has come to be the servant of all. And if you follow me, He's saying, you'll have to do the same thing. You'll have to become a servant. Frank Weston says it well when he said, you cannot claim to worship Jesus in the tabernacle if you do not pity Jesus in the slums. So go out in the highways and the hedges and look for Him in the ragged and the naked, in the oppressed and in the sweated, and in those who are trying to do right. And when you find them, you gird yourself about with His towel and wash His feet in His brethren. And anybody who knows anything about that kind of servitude that He came to bear knows that it is without notoriety. In fact, He does it for, with no sense of reward. He was content, yea, He desired anonymity. Some lady, I don't know her name, caught the spirit of that, wrote this little prayer. Lord, you know how I serve you with great religious fervor in the limelight. And you know how that I have such great zeal when I talk about you in my Bible study and how I effervesce when I promote my fellowship group and how I sincerely am enthusiastic with studying the Bible with others. But I wonder how I would react if one day you pointed to a basin and told me to wash the calloused feet of a bent and aged old woman in a room week after week, month after month, when nobody saw and nobody knew. Why did He come? He came to challenge our idea of greatness and to reveal His concept of service. The fact is that most of us serve because we feel the responsibility to serve. After all, we want the program to go on and we want the, the institution to stay alive. And so most of the, the time we give and the energy we give is out of a sense of duty, kind of like paying taxes and it's mundane and boring. But Jesus takes servanthood and He takes it past the mundane. And He not only took loaves and fishes and broke them to feed the hungry, but He allowed His life to be broken to bring forgiveness. 
And He not only cleansed a few lepers by the touch of His hand, He cleansed us by the giving of His life. And His service was life-giving and sacrificial and total. And there are very few people who understand that. Francis of Assisi was one. He forsook the advantages of a wealthy family, a wealthy father, and he committed his life to Christ, and he took a vow of poverty and servitude. His father thought he was crazy. He was a wealthy man, a materialistic man. He took, a, he took Francis of Assisi, put him in a room, and locked him there until he came to his senses, when he never did. His father disowned him. He withdrew every connection from his son, and, his, and, and Francis, in a symbolic gesture of his break with the past, stripped himself naked and would have gone out in the streets naked had it not been for the insistence of a kind bishop. And his friends ridiculed him, and they abused him, and they persecuted him. But with undaunted courage, he continued in his commitment to Jesus Christ and in his vow of servanthood. And a little group followed him and they started building churches and like Jesus Christ they gave their life for others. And at the end of his life Francis wrote that prayer that has been put into a song sung from this pulpit and in every church and synagogue in the world, Lord make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hate, may I bring love. Where offense, may I bring pardon. May I bring unison in place of discard, truth replacing error, faith where once there was doubt, hope for despair, light where there was darkness, joy to replace sadness. Make me to learn not to so crave to be loved as to love. Help me to learn that in giving I may receive and in forgetting self I may find life eternal. And Jesus said, This is my way. Walk in it. Not only will He refuse to conform, does He refuse to conform to our way and confront us with His way. He confirms there is only one way. I hope you caught the pathos of this statement. Are you the one? Can you hear the voice there? Can you read between the lines? Do you understand what was being asked? It was the cry of a people in one voice who had stood on their tiptoes looking for a Savior. It was the longing of people in darkness for somebody with light. It was the cry of a people who were disenfranchised, separated and lost, longing for the one, the one who would be their Savior. Are you the one? And I hope you notice that next statement. Or do we look for someone else? For it depicts and it pictures the desire of the nations and it depicts and it pictures the heart cry of everyone here, the looking for some help and the longing for some salvation. 
How many times have you noticed, have you noted how that people have described man's quest for God? Man searching for God. As though the story of man is the story of someone looking for a God who cannot be found. I tell you, that's not it. The story of Christmas, the good news of the gospel is God's quest for man. And the distance from heaven's glory to earth's manger is the distance that man has fallen from God and it is the distance that God is willing to come in search of him. When the truth is that man has gotten himself hopelessly lost and God has to find him. The fact is that man is not so much looking for God as God is looking for man. And the wonderful news of the fact that man has gotten himself lost and cannot do anything about it, the good news to that, the best side of that is that God has come to man to save him. How often have you said, I wish I could go back and undo what I've done. I wish I could go back and do it over. And when you say it, you know you can't. There is a classical scene in the movie Superman. The villain has caused an earthquake to happen on the west coast and the heroine, Lois Lane, is in her car and is there. And Superman messes around and doesn't get there in time to prevent the earthquake, and so she's buried under it. And in his agony, he goes against his instructions, that is, not to, to interfere with history. And he goes around the earth counterclockwise, Y'all did see, y'all saw the, the he, goes, he goes around the earth counterclockwise according to Einstein's theory of relativity and turns back time and the earthquake has unhappened. And Superman approaches the car where Lois Lane is sitting in and makes the classic understated greeting. Hello. <laughs> Isn't that, I love it. He's just turned back time and the earthquake is unhappened and all he can say is, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful melodrama, totally unreal to life. It's not possible to go back and undo it. It is possible for it to be forgiven. There is only one way, and that's His way. O holy child of Bethlehem, be born to us today. Descend to us, we pray.
cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. If you're willing to be found, you will be found. And remember that regardless of how you've thought it through, He'll not conform to your way. And regardless of how big of a problem it is to you, He confronts you with His way. And understand that there is a way. Let's pray. Our Father, in light of the fact that we stand in the midst of every indication of the aliveness of God, the sufficiency of Christ, we pray He will come to our heart. And may the apathetic and the indifferent, maybe the, may the rebellious and the estranged open their life and give room for Him today so that forgiveness can come, wholeness can come, and a reason for living can come as we begin to follow Him as an instrument of His peace. For I ask in Jesus' name, for His sake, Amen. Now look here. What a wonderful opportunity and time for you to come to know the Lord. I invite you to come this morning. If you've never trusted Christ and make your life available to Him, open up the door of your heart by faith and allow Him to enter. Salvation comes through Him, He said. I am the way. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Maybe you need to come this morning for a rededication of your life or to join the fellowship of this group. We invite you to come. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Come, let us adore Him. Let's change that invitation to that. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. That'll be our invitation. Kind of through, but you can do it. This is the only person who can. She'll lead us right into it. You come while we stand. Sing.